Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This podcast of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs is sponsored by AAA Heating and Air. The premier HVAC company in the Midlands is growing. Are you a top HVAC technician? AAA Heating and Air is looking for dedicated applicants to fill their fast-growing service department with top-notch HVAC technicians. If you're the best, then they want you. If you're ready to stop working and start a career, you can earn up to $100,000 a year at AAA Heating and Air. Quality candidates will have at least two years' experience and a good driving record. Benefits include top industry salaries, commission on service and unit sales, set call limits, company-provided take-home vehicle and gas card, company-provided cell phone and tablet, health, dental, and vision benefits, 401k retirement plan with company match and scaled PTO based on length of service. Contact Roy and Dana Finley at 803-677-1500 or check out their job postings on Facebook or ZipRecruiter. Triple A air when you need us. Triple A heating and air. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, founded by Fireman with Chris Clark. The 2007 South Carolina class was, at that time, sixth in the country and fourth in the SEC. It's just amazing. West Mitchell. You know, I think if you're South Carolina, you're you're aiming to, to at least be at 50%. Then in theory, you're adding talent, you're getting better, you're putting yourself in a position to compete. And Tyler Head. It's been a great week for South Carolina. On the recruiting front, still certainly plenty to talk about. On the home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. All right, and welcome into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Todd West and Chris broadcasting live at Steel Hands Brewing out in KC as we've been doing all morning long. Still got another hour to go. I've talked plenty this morning about the uh, you know the SEC schedule and just kind of scrolling through Twitter here during one of, the, one of those last breaks. We're learning more and more about some of these schedule leaks, and I see uh, Bama Online with On3 is now reporting Georgia going on the road to Tuscaloosa in 2024. So we have a for Georgia a road game at Texas and another one at Alabama. Really kind of is a 180 from what the schedule looks like for them this year. <laughs> what do you think about that, Tyler? It's uh, a little more... I mean, you got to play the best teams, right? You yeah, know? I mean, I think those are super interesting matchups. I- anytime you can match up Georgia and Bama. For sure. And the, the, the last time they played was 2020 during the COVID year, so yeah. you didn't have the same you know, atmosphere and big yeah. deal. And uh, that was, I think Georgia was the only team to lead them at halftime because they went on to win the national championship. So that was just a monster of, a, of an Alabama team. So, yeah, very interesting to see uh, see that matchup next year. Again, this is being reported by Bama Online with On3. And I imagine as the day goes along, we'll continue to hear more and more about what the schedule looks like. And then uh, tonight at 7 o'clock, find out who South Carolina's uh, eight opponents for 2024 are. The leaks are on. Like, we're getting the <laughs> yeah. steady little leaks of information the the athletic departments know at this point, so it's just a matter of what's going to leak out there and, and, sure. and what's not. And then there are certain people, I'm sure, at SEC Network that know or are going to soon know. So, you know, I, I think I'm sure they have it's in, in, in their best interest that it doesn't all come out. But I think we'll continue to see some stuff drop. 
throughout the day. It'll be like one of those things, like when they reveal the final four for the college football playoff. Like, oh, the graphics guy is going to before all of us do, and we're going to react to it in real time. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I was looking earlier too. The Georgia uh, rival site didn't have any hard information, but they but they did just reiterate that you know it's anticipated that each SEC team within this kind of temporary framework for 2024 is going to keep one permanent opponent yeah. opponent, and so it's anticipated that Georgia and Florida will play each other. There, so so now you can really see Georgia starting to take shape, right? Because yep. now you got what at Texas, at Bama, and then the Ooh. neutral site game with Florida. So they got and some compelling matchups. I, I imagine again, like you said, with uh, keeping the one permanent opponent in twenty four, anticipating that'll move to three and twenty five. You're probably still going to have the Auburn game as well in twenty four to keep that going. Again, assuming you're going to be able to lock them in permanently starting in two thousand twenty five. So that's another piece to that schedule at least that most likely will happen so for, that would be you know four of the eight we'll see you know georgia south carolina will that will that be one we don't quite know yet dude that's a schedule right there like that is well they deserve loaded. it after after this year after the after, after what we're seeing this year the, the the cakewalk of non-conference this year will georgia always play georgia tech yes they that yeah, that game's never going away I can guarantee you that game's never Why is played. that, you think? Like just, just the lineage of the rivalry. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's easy to kind of look at the recency of, well, Georgia Tech's not been very good in the past decade or so, but everything, we know all this ebbs and flows. And, yeah. you know, for every time Clemson, you know, wins, what, eight against South Carolina, there's a winning streak for South Carolina back in the day, and it all comes, it goes in cycles. So while it doesn't look good right now, it's not competitive right now, everything's going to come back to being down the road. When that is, I don't know, but, yeah, Georgia, Georgia Tech never going away. While we're uh, talking about Georgia a little bit, they guys have actually, I, I don't know how re- it's fairly recently this might have happened, or maybe they've, they've been there, but just to reset the team recruiting rankings breakdown, Georgia actually number one there right now. They've been on a little bit of a hot streak, 19 total commitments, a pair of five stars, 12 four stars in that. Gamecocks, who have been in the top ten for, what, months, Wes? They've been up there for quite a while. They are now number eight. They've been, I think, seven. They've been six. Right now sitting at number eight, ten total commitments. And just to remind people that the on-three team recruiting rankings, the industry ranking, it utilizes a weighted average of all four major recruiting services. And at last check, also really only counted like the top six commitments right now in the formula. They, They change that. They vary that from time to time. Just so that schools that have 20 commitments aren't getting seeing their class inflated versus ones that have maybe 10 or so. But South Carolina's still in the top 10, and there's a lot still going on in, in the recruiting world for them. Well, and, and that number that is based on, I believe, Chris, is based on the national average of number of commits. Yes. Is, is what it sort of drives that number. So, you know, it, it's you can't. It's based on average, but. You can't, like, just having one four-star, you know, that'd be a great average, or one five-star <laughs> even, that'd be a great average. That doesn't get you in the top ten, but also you don't get juiced into the top six by having 25 three-stars before anybody else mm-hmm. has five commits, basically, which I, I think was a little bit of the problem with some of the the way that rankings used to be done was that the number really sort of kind of uh, – maybe inflated some of the rankings early on now for south carolina in order to stay top five 
you know, even top 10, you're going to have to continue to hit on the same average that you did. I mean, obviously, you had Mason Love. He was number 10. He's not going to be ranked as far as you're a, a traditional prospect because he's a punter. But, what, eight of the first nine, so eight of the first 10 now as well, are four-star guys. So if you're Carolina, you're going to have to keep hitting on highly rated guys. That was the one question we get, I feel like, pretty often. Can South Carolina maintain a top five ranking? Can they maintain a top ten ranking? I have said for a while, just based on the competition, just based on the how highly how the number of highly rated guys are going to be in your classes in the top five, I think it's going to be difficult for South Carolina to end in the top five. Mm-hmm. I think top ten, however, is very doable. Now, you're going to have to hit on some guys, especially some of these players that are going to be in towards the end of June. You know, you start talking about uh, Dylan Stewart, obviously. That gives you, you know, a five-star is obviously going to bring a lot of weight to an average. Jonathan Paler is a four-star guy. Daniel Hill is a four-star guy. You know, you go to this past week, you're going to be able to potentially land some guys that will not necessarily boost the ranking, but won't hurt the ranking either. A Fred Johnson is... You know, a mid to high three star guy. If you add him, you look at, at the potential. Uh, you know, I know Chris put in a, a a prediction for Keelan Adams. He's a four star guy that would be right along the lines of what their current average is. I think the current average is right around ninety two rating. I yeah, think Adams right. is a ninety one point eight eight five seven six four. <laughs> like it's somewhere Five. in there. Yeah, so he's going to be right along what that average is. Daniel Hill, four star. I don't know what his rating is off the top of my head, but there will be a chance for South Carolina to continue to sort of stay at that average that it's going to take in order to be a top 10 class for 2024. Yeah, and that's something that we've we've talked about is like they didn't exhaust the quality of their class early, right? They, they didn't land all of the targets that are highly ranked that they had a chance to early. They obviously have done quite well for themselves in terms of some quality on the front end of the class. Now, the pool has narrowed, Wes. Like, we're seeing more and more guys that are targets, including guys that South Carolina has offered, committing elsewhere. <laughs> they, some have committed to Georgia recently. You think of Justin Green, the edge out of Georgia. Jordan Thomas from New Jersey committed to Georgia recently. Cam Fountain commits to Southern Cal. Jarvis Boatwright, a DB from Florida, commits to Southern Cal. So the pool has narrowed some, but there's still enough out there. A lot of the guys that you mentioned Wes are in that mix you know Dylan Stewart's a five-star that's probably that's probably their only realistic shot with a five-star in this class but a lot of the other targets are four-star types and and they're in the game or even lead outright for some of those guys but to maintain this class ranking more importantly just to add really good players to the class right that's even more important than the ranking they are going to have to increase the hit rate going forward in this stretch run of the recruiting process. And given that the own three rankings are kind of a little bit more cumulative, how much fluctuation do we typically see? And again, we're what? It's in June now, so we're nine, eight months or whatever it is away from the official National Signing Day in in February. How much fluctuation do we usually see over that course of time with these rankings? It just depends, I think, man. Um, I'm sure there are schools that maybe have five guys committed right now, and then they just may be poised to go on a massive run. They may not even be in the top 15 right now. And a lot of time it just depends on timing. 
I feel yeah. like, of when the prospects want to commit. So you're going to see some guys, you're going to see some teams go on runs. Um, you'll see a couple teams fall off if they can't keep their current pace, obviously. So, you know, for the most part, like, I mean, Georgia, they're going to be a top three class. Alabama is going to be mm-hmm. a top three. Like, I don't see that changing a, a ton. But um, so I would say some fluctuation. But for most of the teams, probably not a ton. Yeah. But, again, for Carolina, it's going to depend on – I just looked it up, Daniel Hill, 91.39 rating. So that's right o- along mm-hmm. the lines of where they're going to have to stay. Well, and a lot of the schools that tend to do well, and if you check the rankings at an early point in the cycle, which this, this wouldn't qualify – I mean, it's still early. It's not super early. But if you, if you look at those schools and you look at the top five, especially with how on three does their rankings where they don't – weight it just you know a school has 20 commitments and 18 of them are three stars and they're in the top 10 that doesn't really make sense the way on three does it to me makes a lot more sense but georgia and ohio state and bama and clemson right like they're generally going to be in the top 10 15 like if they're outside of it they're not staying there for long they're going to be there early and they're going to be there late right i think your your outliers and more of your question marks are schools like south carolina Honestly, because historically they're falling somewhere between I don't know what's fair. Well, help me out. You know, fifteen to twenty-five. Let's call it that. Like they're not typically in the top ten. Right. We've only seen that in the dot-com era. I think there's been one top ten finish, the one in that opens our show, <laughs> the two thousand seven class, which is right where they were. Now they're in the top ten, but they're more of a question mark right of whether or not they stay georgia's gonna finish in the top they might finish number one they might finish three you know um notre dame you know michigan they're probably going to be up there lsu but there's some outliers in these rankings of guys like for instance texas a&m right now they only have six commitments and three four stars they're probably going on a run whether that's a bunch of four stars a five or two oklahoma only has six commitments so, you know, their quality, they have four, four four stars out of those six. They're poised to add more numbers, yes, but more importantly, more quality. So that's a couple of the teams, you know, maybe you throw Auburn in there that have a shot to kind of close strong in these next few months and, and potentially jump up. But a lot of the schools that are already in the top ten are probably staying there. Right. Uh, we'll continue talking about recruiting, including one of the members of the 2024 class, heading to a pretty elite camp coming up this weekend. But first, as always, want to let you know about the sub of the day at Firehouse Subs. Today is Wednesday, last I checked. Correct. Which is, uh, Chris is looking at me like, I think it's Wednesday. It is Wednesday. It is Wednesday. But I can tell you that that is New York Steamer, which on my power rankings, <laughs> personal power rankings, is, yes, number one at this point. That used to not be the case because I had never had it before. Mm-hmm. It quickly rose from unranked, you would say, to five-star, top of the power rankings. And that means today I could go to Firehouse Subs. Actually, when I leave here, Chris, I could punch it in on my phone, on the Firehouse Subs app, and they would have a seven ninety nine sub of the day New York steamer waiting for me on the shelf. If I wanted to get the small... I could get that for five ninety nine, but I would never actually do that. Medium, seven ninety nine. There's a sub of the day every single day at Firehouse Subs, FirehouseSubs.com, or the app Rapid Rescue. By far the easiest, most efficient way to get yourself hooked up with the Firehouse Subs. Uh, again, shout out as always to our man Larry for being our primary presenting sponsor. 
right here on the GC Takeover Hour. It is almost lunchtime, so go get yourself a Firehouse Sub. All right, more uh, Camp Talk up next on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs on 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs, founded by Firemen with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head on your home of the Gamecocks, 107.5 The Game. Firehouse Subs here on 107.5 The Game. Tyler West and Chris broadcasting live out at Steel Hands Brewing here in Casey. Steel Hands being one of the uh, many members of the 107.5 The Game Craft Beer Passport. If you head on over to 107.5thegame.com and click on the Sweet Deals tab, you can buy yourself the Craft Beer Passport for just $99. In total, it's a $285 value. Again, good at over 15 different locations around the Midlands, including Steel Hands Brewing. So don't miss your chance to pick up the Craft Beer Passport today on 107.5thegame.com. I talked about this before the break. Obviously, we're in the middle of the camp season as the summer rolls along. Had a couple of the Shane Beamer uh, football camps going on these past couple Fridays. This upcoming weekend is the Elite 11 camp out in Los Angeles and a member of South Carolina's 2024 class quarterback Dante Reno will be one of the 20 members taking part in that this weekend. Yeah, awesome opportunity for Dante. I mean, anytime you get invited out there to the Elite 11 finals, that's just the invite. Says something about you, something you never forget. I'm sure if you're Dante, you know, Dante, of course, is very excited about it and has said, you know, hey, I grew up watching, like, paying attention to this thing, dreaming of being an Elite 11 quarterback. So basically they have regional camps all over. You perform well there. You get invited to the finals. Clearly there's 20 guys, as Tyler said, out there, and then they will whittle it down. It's like a three-day competition. Some on-field stuff, some actually classroom stuff as well that's a big part of it. But then after that they will announce what is truly the Elite 11, the top 11 quarterbacks in the country. And Chris, uh, I, I believe in the past they've even put out official lists at the end of each day, if I remember correctly. I know at times they've done that mm-hmm. where it's like, hey, here's here's how things stack up kind right now. Top guys, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I'm um, very curious. That starts today. Very curious to see what the feedback is on how Dante performs. And he he's good in these settings, man. I, I don't know what all they are going to ask him to do. Um Certainly, you'd imagine one of these five-star guys is going to, quote, win it, is going to be number one. <laughs> um, you know, I, I think – who's the Florida kid, DJ Lagway? Is that, yeah, is yeah. That, uh, and, you know, he, and he's real good. He's a, a big-name guy that big-armed is going to, like, blow everybody away, I feel like, in the measurables categories. So, you know, it, it'll be interesting because I don't know if this is necessarily a marquee year for the quarterback position. I mean, I, I think a Lenora Sellers could probably, if he was still in school, which uh, age-wise he actually could have been a 24 guy, I think this would have been an opportunity for him to go out there and, and really show out. But as far as Dante goes, spins the ball very well, is your new-age quarterback that can throw it from the different arm slots. He works on that quite a bit. I don't know how much of the training and the evaluation that will be out there for this. But I, uh, I, I expect a good showing from Dante. Now, everybody out there. Is obviously pretty good if you're a top twenty quarterback in the country. You are, yeah. And, and I think there, there's some guys out there that are really interesting. I mean, all of them are right. I mean, um, you know, Dylan Riola, who's 
I think on three has him as the top quarterback in the country, Wes, uh, committed to Georgia. He's one that'll be a really, really interesting player. Georgia actually has uh, Ryan Puglisi from, from up north out there as well. DJ Lagway from Texas, who's committed to, to Florida, as you said, Wes. The one that I'm kind of interested in, just as a, from an observer standpoint, is Jaden Davis from Charlotte. He got invited out there, the Michigan commitment. I know Rivals has him ranked as a five-star, and I think the number one quarterback. And, you know, me personally, I'm not sure that that will hold. You know, the Elite 11 is a, is a really good opportunity to for the, the guys that actually do the rankings, you know, to see some of these players and check them out. But really cool honor for Dante that he can go out there and see how he stacks up against that competition. He'll, he'll be someone that, you know, we frequently get that question, hey, um, would a guy like Dante Reno have an opportunity to move up some? Because uh, if you look at on three's individual rankings, Wes, correct me if I'm wrong on this, he's he's a little bit lower than some of the other services, right? They still like him. We've talked to Charles, Charles Power, who's their director of scouting and rankings, about Dante, and he's pointed out some of the things that he likes about Dante, specifically his very, very quick release. But this might be an opportunity for him to show showcase his talent stacked up against some of these other guys. Dude, I, I think this is actually, you want to talk about the team rankings for South Carolina and ways to move up or really ways to remain in that top ten as other schools are adding prospects as well. If we kind of tie this entire conversation together, by the way, Chris, I did confirm, so as of today, the average number of commits in the country for 2024 class, so the reason I'm pointing that out is that's the number that are actually factored into the team recruiting rankings right now is nine. Oh, it's nine now. Yeah, okay. so it's, it's jumped up to nine. There's been some movement, obviously, this June push we see yep. around the country now. So that number's up to nine. So if you're South Carolina, you have eight four-stars and a three-star that are contributing to that ranking. Well, Dante Reno is a four-star for that ranking because that's based on on three consensus. That is the weighted average of the four. However, as much as we have seen on three be higher on a lot of South Carolina commits than you've seen with other companies, in the case of Dante, on three is kind of the outlier, really compared to all the other three. And um, they have Dante as an 88 rating, which um, for those who don't really follow it closely, a 90 rating is the four-star threshold. So if you look at the on three industry rankings, he is a four-star guy. If you look at the individualized on three rankings, he is a high three-star. And, Chris, number 44 quarterback in the country. Yeah. You look at, I mean, I'll go ahead and list them off. 24-7, number 17 quarterback. ESPN, number 10 quarterback. Rivals, number 19 quarterback. So really a true outlier in the case here. But what does that mean, man? I I think you're going to see, and and Charles is a guy, he doesn't go into these things with – preconceived notions he's not going to go out there and say well man i i have him as 44 i want to be right um i I think a real opportunity for dante to go out there and um move up in the own three part of the rankings which then would add to dante's overall rating you know average and and could potentially help hold up this class as well yeah we'll keep this conversation about dante reno coming up on the other side but as always want to thank our friends over at amy mason cup state farm for being great supporters of the gamecock central takeover hour yeah when my family was uh looking to switch and save our insurance first we were looking to save want a great insurance want to look at saving 
talked to our friends at Amy Mason Cup State Farm, and it was apparent that we needed to switch. So that's exactly what we did. We called up Amy Mason Cup State Farm. Her team was able to take care of the rest. They actually have something else really cool that they can tell you about, and that is the Drive Safe and Save app from State Farm. has some cool features, dynamic features, like interactive maps and driving tips that make the pursuit of your discount on your insurance bill even easier. You can earn up to 30% just downloading the Drive Safe and Save app from State Farm to get started. So if you want more information on how to get started with that, you can visit amymasoncup.com. That's Amy's website, Amy, M-A-S-I-N-C-U-P-P.com, or you can give her a call, 803-772-5554. Now, if you're in the car right now listening to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour here on 107.5 The Game, maybe you're on I-26, stop off St. Andrews Road exit, right off the St. Andrews Road exit, 612 St. Andrews Road, Suite 4, Columbia. That's Amy Mason Cup's office. That's in Ashland Park Plaza. So any of your insurance needs, home, auto, business, boat, life, Anything that you need from an insurance standpoint, Amy Mason Cup State Farm has you covered. South Carolina native and a local agent that can give you a personalized quote to meet your needs and help you save. AmyMasonCup.com, 803-772-5554. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. All right, more on Dante Reno coming up next on the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs, 107.5 The Game. Presented by Firehouse Subs, founded by Firemen, with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head, on your home of the Gamecocks, 107.5 The Game. All right, and welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs, here on 107.5 The Game. Tyler, Wes, and Chris broadcasting live out at Steel Hands Brewing here in Casey. I want to remind you once again about the 2024 SEC scheduling contest uh, going until 6 o'clock tonight on 1075thegame.com. If you can pick uh, the most correct of uh, South Carolina's eight upcoming opponents for the 2024 schedule, you'll win yourself some tickets to South Carolina's home opener versus Furman coming up on September the 9th, as well as a 1075 the game prize pack. Again, that contest runs until 6 o'clock tonight on 1075thegame.com, and that schedule will be revealed on the SEC Network tonight at 7 o'clock. Uh, jumping back into the conversation we're having about Dante Reno uh, going to the Elite 11 camp this upcoming weekend. He's also going to be on that list of guys coming in for the official visits next weekend on campus, as well as several of the commits with the 2024 class. Whether he makes the final 11 this weekend or not, just going to the Elite 11 this upcoming weekend, how significant is that with it being the weekend before he's going to be on campus with some other recruits? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Dante already had quite a bit of juice, is the way I would say it, with prospects. You know, I think they know he's big time. Anybody that's gone out there and thrown with him, you know, he's uh, he, he's been on campus with a bunch of these guys before and on camp days last year, uh, was in for a camp day this year and went out there, has thrown with Mazia Bennett, has thrown with Keelan Adams, who's a major, major target, and, you know, you would say probably heavy Gamecock lean. So they already know, but, I, I mean, yeah, it gives you a little bit more credibility. I, I think it doesn't hurt by any means. And so I think it's good, and... I mean, you can guarantee. So we can go ahead and look ahead. No official visit, kind of big weekend this weekend. We've told people that all leading up to it, Chris. you got three major weekends. They've completed two. Maybe saving the best for last, I would say, in terms of, I mean, this thing is set up perfectly, dude. I, I can almost promise there's probably some names that will be added to this list before 
then there's maybe even some names internally that have been added that we're maybe catching up on. I would kind of anticipate that potentially. But, dude, look at it. It's the entire committed group except for, obviously, Michael Smith already took his this past week, and now Mason Love was not committed before that. But now, you know, he's among the ten who are committed and, and obviously has already taken his. But you're going to have all these guys that are committed, and we've talked about it a ton. This is the most high-energy class I will say we've ever seen at South Carolina in terms of putting effort into making other guys feel comfortable and kind of recruiting them to join them at South Carolina. You're going to put Dante, head recruiter A, Cam Pringle, head recruiter A part two, then Mazio. You know, you're going to put all these guys yeah. on campus at one time with Dylan Stewart, Daniel Hill, Jonathan Paler. Three of your just priority top, top, top guys. Now, Jordan Thomas just committed to Georgia. He was on the list for that week. I, Chris, always thought it was going to be difficult for South Carolina to really gain enough traction. They had traction, don't get me wrong, yeah. to actually land him. Once Jimmy Lindsay left, and you're talking about some changeover at that position, Georgia getting highly involved. You know, so scratch that. But three of just your top, top, top priorities coming in with eight committed guys. That sets up... I think incredibly well for South Carolina. Yeah, and to go back to Dante for just a second and then, you know, to bring it forward to the recruiting weekend, I actually got to watch him West during that camp and was that the I can't remember if that was the first time I'd seen him throw in person. I feel like it was probably the second time. Might have seen him in another camp setting previously. Come on, this year? You saw him? Yep. This month. Yep, yep June second. We saw I saw him throw last June. I don't know if that was I don't know if you were at that one or not, but it was uh that's what I'm thinking. Um, him and uh, Jaden Davis. No, him and Jaden Bradford both threw side-by-side side at yes. camp last year. I did see that. Okay. But, you know, came away, I mean, similar thoughts. I mean, the, the big thing that everybody is going to point out about Dante, whether you're watching the film, whether you're watching camp footage or sitting there watching him in person, an incredibly quick release, just like a very compact release. And I think that's a that's a big you know, checkbox for him. I think um, he threw the ball well from what I saw. I didn't get a chance to watch him work out or throw it extensively. It was more of him taking turns with a bunch of the other quarterbacks that were there just kind of throwing routes to some guys. And that can be hit or miss based on some of the routes you get and things like that. But, yeah, I mean, he's he's got size. He's an intelligent guy. Um, and certainly when you look at the – he's got requisite arm strength. He can put some zip on the ball, some touch on the ball, and then the really quick release. But – I think that personality that Wes was talking about, this has always been a guy that as soon as he jumped in, he has been very invested in the class. Um, he's always asking the coaching staff or even people who follow game cut recruiting kind of what's going on and passing information back and forth. So he's really, really invested in it, which is really cool to see. And there are a bunch of others that are like that, like Wes pointed out. I mean, Cam Pringle's been one. Um, Kelvin Hunter's been one on social media he'll be in that weekend so i'm with you Wes. i am very interested to see just like it happened last weekend you remember we start getting more we know the baseline of guys that are going to be there then we start getting more and more names who else besides those three uncommitted significant targets is going to be added i would have to think there's some on the way i got a feeling there'll maybe be one or two yeah highly recruited guys that potentially get added then i think there'll maybe be a couple more just kind of your 
mid your three star types that they've been kind of maybe quietly working this year or, or excuse me this time of year is when you kind of i feel like get a true feel for maybe not where the board is specifically like who's above who but there's mutual interest if an official visit is taking place so i, I feel like the board start to kind of shape out uh, this time of year especially now the way things are sort of scheduled out and so i did a little bit more research y'all about this class and top 10 and what it's going to take to be there not that this is like a perfect way to do it but it is i think a great guideline so last year the number 10 class in the country on three rankings notre dame they had 23 commits and that was an average rating of 91.44 so you know you kind of look at at 90 as being like as far as the own three rankings, that's kind of the threshold for four-star, three-star. The own three industry ranking, the average, it goes actually, it's like 89 point something, something, something is, is kind of four-star, I guess. But point being, that's sort of what you're generally looking at. Can you maintain that rating, probably beat it by a little bit to be a top 10 class? And for South Carolina right now, uh, the, the latest average rating they have, 90.54 so at one point it was 92 but again we talked about it earlier you're you're pulling from a different number of prospects that are in there and you've at you know you've kind of added some guys as it's going on point being if dante sees his rating go up a bit after elite 11 that number potentially rises all the guys we're talking about right now though check in with ratings currently above that number so daniel hill 91.39 Dylan Stewart, 98.37 as a five-star. Jonathan Paler, 91.62. So uh, I know typically I try to stay away from numbers on the radio. It's not necessarily easy listening, but hopefully that did give everybody a little bit of an idea of what it's going to take to sort of maintain this current top ten threshold as the class continues. And then one more quick question on that, Wes. If you have this in front of you, how many – what what did the like number of commits that they ended up using in their formula for last year's class? You gave the the Notre Dame average of being in the top ten. Yeah, so they that was their average. They had twenty three, and um, twenty three. Surprisingly, the number is lower than I thought it would be. As far as the, what they factored in, yeah. Can I take a stab? Yeah, fifteen, nineteen. I was gonna say nineteen first. I should have said that. Fifteen's way too low. Yeah, so nineteen is the average number of commits that would be used in the rankings score. So that kind of gives you, hopefully hopefully that gets translated over the radio. I don't know if it does, but hopefully it does. And, and one more quick note, Tyler, before I kick it back to you. Yep. Look at Dylan Stewart. Right now he's a five-star on the industry ranking. He's not a five-star plus, which is a consensus five-star. Only one service has him right outside. ESPN... Uh, has him number 19 nationally, which is somehow still a four-star. Kind of weird, right? Because uh, like you look at Rivals, they got him 17, five-star. He's got to be right on the threshold. He's got to be right on the threshold. So if he gets bumped up by ESPN at some point and he stays a five-star in the other services, he would get that five-star plus designation. He, he just got bumped on Rivals. He did, he did to just a five-star. So, he's so seven, it could happen. He's seven nationally in the on three industry ranking, which again is the weighted average. That's a little bit higher than he was, I think. Yep. Or is that the same? 
Uh, I think it's a little bit higher. L- yeah, a little after, bit better. After Rivals bumped him up. So. Yeah, number two edge prospect. He's got a chance to be a five-star plus, which could further bolster, if South Carolina landed him, of course, could even further bolster that ranking. Again, we're broadcasting live out here at Steel Hands Brewing in Casey for a few more minutes. Uh, before we hit this next break, though, as always, want to thank our one of our newest additions to the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, that being uh, Goldline Framing. We're in Casey right now, which means we are very, very close to West Columbia, South Carolina, which is where our friends at Goldline Framing are. If you're looking for that special gift for that special graduate in your life, look no further than our friends at Goldline Framing. Again, West Columbia. Owner Kendall Walsh and manager Joni James, they're going to take care of you and any and all of your custom framing needs. That could be a diploma. That could be an original artwork, canvases, jerseys, flags. Maybe you want to print out the new 2024 schedule that is released today and put it on some gloss and then go have it framed and hang it on your wall so you can look at it every single day. They can do that for you as well. They've been in business for over 20 years. Head on over to 511 12th Street. Again, West Columbia. Check out their art gallery, home decor, furniture, gift items in store. If you have any questions, just give them a call. 803-739-1337. Open Tuesday to Friday, 10 a.m. to 5.30 p.m. Then on Saturdays, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. They are also on Instagram, y'all. You can get a view of some of the great stuff they have going on at Goldline Framing SC. Again, Goldline Framing, West Columbia, South Carolina. There's a controversial figure uh, coming to prominence in the sports world. We'll talk about him next to close out the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs on 107.5 The Game. It's the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Founded by Firemen with Chris Clark, Wes Mitchell, and Tyler Head on your home of the Gamecocks. 107.5 The Game. Man, it's, t- it's like TMZ News, dude. Uh, it's it's a new era, it's a new generation. Um, the people that are normally jealous of us is kind of older. Um, they just don't get it. Um, the times have changed, dude. Uh, Elon Musk about to move us to Mars. It's just um, the internet is where it's at. And I, all I did was made him a platform. So if he tears an ACL or he doesn't make it in football, which is hard to make the NFL, at least he has you know all this other money to start a company or be a part of several companies by the time he's a senior. The goal is to be a millionaire by senior year with football or without football. Welcome back into the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour presented by Firehouse Subs. Tyler West and Chris broadcasting live at Steel Hands Brewing out in KC. That was the voice of, I don't even know the real guy, the guy's real name, Baby Gronk's dad. And for those that aren't familiar, Baby Gronk is a, I guess, social media sensation is the right way to put it right now that's gaining a lot of attention both good and bad uh, he's like a 10 year old kid who's got this highlight tape of him being good at peewee football essentially and his dad is doing everything he can to market this kid as the next big thing and uh in my opinion he's getting himself into the category of you know todd marinovich's dad as a uh, you know bad sports dads of all time and that was just a little clip of his philosophy on uh dealing with his son yeah i mean that 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 was the least cringeworthy thing he said i feel like if you go if you go have y'all watched the r- most recent interview that came out yeah, yeah. Where, where he's feeding him the lines yeah. on the podcast y'all know in the uh, scott's tots episode of michael scott the just amount of uh secondhand embarrassment you can feel from watching that <laughs> sure that that's the way i felt watching the baby gronk interview where and the dad Every time the, the kid, get, I feel bad for the kid. 
Oh, okay. yeah, this isn't his fault. The kid gives just an honest kid answer. And, and considering, you know, he's on a microphone, he's got all these people, gives a perfectly fine answer. Sure. And every time the dad cuts him off, hey, ask the question again, you know, tells him what to say, and then stages the answers with just cringeworthy answers. But the whole, the whole thing, the way it, it – it just makes you feel very uncomfortable. And – they're putting I, I get trying to build the kid a following, I guess, but y'all, we have all if you played sports growing up, you all either played with or against the kid who was further ahead in his physical development than everybody else. And you as a kid thought I mean, I remember I I can still see this kid in my head right now. There's a kid I used to face, I was like, Oh, that guy's gonna be pitching in MLB one day because he threw so hard yeah. At the time, I played a guy in All Stars one time that literally I think hit four home runs in the same game. <laughs> yep. You're like, oh yeah, that guy's pro for sure. I was sure. like, remember that guy? He's going to be. But then everything starts to even out. And one take I've seen online, looking at the kid's dad, I don't know if he hit the uh, DNA lotto. Yeah, his dad's like five six. So yeah. you're not. I don't. I don't know, man. I, I feel bad for Baby Gronk when it evens out. Like maybe. Maybe maybe the dad's right. Maybe his son's going to be a star. But no, no col- I mean, he's 10 years old. No college coach is going to want to, for one, deal with his dad in the first oh, place. Oh, there's no yeah. chance. And are they talking about skipping middle school and high school football? Is that like that? That was thrown out there. Surely that's not really going to be the case, but they have talked about that. They're doing a lot of things, and they're posting these pictures of him going on official visits where he's putting on the uniforms at North Carolina and Missouri and all these places. It, it's a social media stunt at this point. Yeah. And the, the point that his defense in all this was on that little clip from TMZ there was, oh, you know, in case he doesn't end up making, I'm trying to make him all the money that I can, you know, until he's a senior in high school or whatever, so he can be set for life or whatever it may be. That's a pretty weak justification in my opinion because, it, again, it seems like he's exploiting the kid more than anything else. Yeah, I mean, th- this guy, this dad... He makes LeVar Ball look like Danny Tanner. <laughs> that is a great – I kept trying to think of just like a very easy, even kill reasonable person. <laughs> That's a really good one. Um, yeah, I mean, he's talking about you know, feeding the kid. He's on a salmon and brown rice diet. Yeah. Dude, a 10-year-old needs to be eating bags of chips and airheads. That, it, it's literally, it's literally the the Todd Marinovich thing where like yeah. when he was like seventeen, like oh this kid's never eaten a Big Mac or had an Oreo cookie and was taking his own cake to kids' birthday parties because again from the beginning he was born and bred to be an NFL quarterback. He made it there, didn't go very far after that, and that's kind of the same situation going on with Baby Gronk. Yeah, I mean you. <laughs> what what if I'm, I'm just picturing him taking his flourless uh, protein <laughs> cake. <laughs> to uh, to the, bo- some kids like what is that? Oh, it's my flourless that? my cake. zucchini avocado cake. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I mean, he, he, no, no. That's uh, I probably didn't have anything extreme, you know, very valuable to say other than I mean, you, you, I, I do. I feel bad for the kid, and you see a lot of the sports writers. You know, the athletic actually did a profile on Baby Gronk, and and actually they got some pushback on that. But this guy is sliding. The this guy being the dad. He's sliding into every sports writer's DMs, trying to get him to do profiles. Even the ones that don't like 
cover football or like yeah. recruiting or anything like like hey i know you guys talk about this other thing but we'd love to come on your podcast or or whatever yeah so he's great he's really grasping at straws here Wes, have you gotten a dm from baby gronk's dad yeah no i have not either i can say i think we'll turn down the request to have him on the gamecock central takeover hour personally yeah i won't, Pro- I won't probably part Maybe maybe uh that maybe there's a press conference question in there for Shane Beamer. Pete Limbo. Would you ever consider recruiting baby Gronk? He can't, could, could can't talk, about talk about him. him. Yeah, talk about can't him. Comment on him. Yeah, even uh, if he's ten years is, old. Is the is the word slash name Gronk not potentially like I, how are you even using that name? I know if not? I was Rob Gronkowski, I probably wouldn't be I'd be or like, is, is baby well, Gronk. And, and yeah. that that's the funny thing going back to his overall size because Gronk's, you know, a giant. this monster of a guy. And, and this kid, again, will be lucky to hit. He's, he's big 10. for his age, right? Big for his like, age, for right sure. Now. Yeah. yeah, and that's what, but, probably why he's dominating rec league football at this point. When everything evens out and he gets into high school, I don't think it's going to be the same story. No, it's it's not. But he's not playing high school ball, Tyler. Apparently so. not. No, he's just yeah. going to he's gonna be the first ever 12-year-old draft in the NFL, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but this does not end well. I think we can all. Yeah. I, and again, I mean, it's not the kid's fault. No, 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 no. no, no. I, I feel awful for the kid, man. Honestly, it's not his fault whatsoever. I've never seen the national sports community more uh, together with an opinion on a matter than this. Like this is we're all, we're this we're is all uniting, unified. Yeah, unified voice against uh, Baby uh, Gronk's dad. Uh, Baby Gronk, real name Madden uh, San Miguel, uh, has another eight years before he gets to college. So I'm sure we'll be hearing plenty about him between now and then, but it's definitely a sports story that's garnering a lot of attention, at least as of uh, right now. Uh, that'll do it for today's edition of the Gamecock Central Takeover Hour, presented by Firehouse Subs. Been broadcasting live out at Steel Hands Brewing. We certainly thank them for allowing us to be out here. Halftime show with Jay and Terry coming up next, 107.5 The Game. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.